You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. The good news is that there aren't that many issues that consume the focus of Napa city government. The days when every project was seen as a crisis and every development a tipping point to someone are long since over. While not always smooth, the city generally moves along a pretty well-established glide path as it moves into evolving its new general plan and everyone seems focused on the future of housing. However, one issue that stands out is the future of City Hall. A new one? And if so, how big will it be and where might it be located? All of these questions are very much in the glare of both the public, the City Council, and City staff. A lot has happened since it was almost full speed ahead for a major City Hall slash Civic Center on the site of the current City Hall. Virtually starting over, the council and new city manager, Steve Potter, have been reassessing all aspects of the project, and it is my pleasure to welcome city manager, Steve Potter, and Vice Mayor Scott Sedgley here to Napa Broadcasting to talk about where we are in the city hall discussion. Scott, Steve, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you both here. Thanks so much for coming in. Scott, I want to start with you because you were part of, uh, I should say, the old regime, or back when the project... (laughs) was there were pictures of it, there were renderings of it, it was full speed ahead, and then the brakes were put on. Talk a little bit about how difficult that process was, because it was moving along at a pretty good clip. Yes, it was, and I can go back a little farther, and, and, we, and, and, and not so much the brakes, we took a little pause. You know, we wanted, <laughs> to, get, we wanted to get a look at it, but, uh, you know, I was a, a city employee since 1979, and so, you know, I was uh, I'm intimately familiar with the city buildings and their functions. And, and, and back when Ed Henderson was mayor, there was discussion on a new city hall because the current city hall was built in 1952, and uh, we have literally uh, outgrown our, our home, and we're spread out all over town. So uh, when the economy was uh, doing very well, our reserves were funded, uh, then uh, city manager Mike Parness came to council and said, you know, this, this has always been a topic about a new city, city hall. Uh, if, if there's ever a time to do it, now might be a good time to do it. And the council at the time unanimously supported, let's, let's take this on. I think we're ready. And uh, so we, we started, we, we, got it, we sent out uh, the RFQs for uh, a developer and a you know, planner with it, and we, had, we received three back. A plenary was the one that was chosen. We started the process. We were at that time looking at, a, a, we called it a civic center, uh, essential services building. It was going to combine all our departments, our functions, administrative side, and the police uh, operation side. We're going to be in one building, and it was to be uh, built on what is now the community services block uh, across the street. And uh, it was, you know, everything is getting more expensive. Uh, things, the, the prices were starting to go up on what we were going to do, and people were taking, starting to take kind of a critical look at if what we were going to do. And when it became a bit of a campaign issue in 2018, uh, and we have two new council members, two very good new council members on now with uh, Mary Luros and Liz Alessio. We decided to take a pause and look at what we, uh, we're going to need, what we could afford, and what the community would accept. And we were very fortunate to have Steve Potter come on as city manager. And so he was able to, uh, when Mike Parnas left, Let's take a whole fresh look at that. And so that's what we're doing. Were you surprised, uh, I want to bring Steve in in a second, but were you surprised at 
the kind of public backlash to the idea? I mean, obviously, you had talked, the council had talked about it a bit. You had talked about it a lot uh, internally with Mike Parness and put it out there to the public. And as I said, there were renderings. There was a lot of talk about what it would look like and all of that. But the backlash was, was surprisingly strong. Yes, and I think in part because there are competing needs, uh, many of them uh, roads and sidewalks and streets. And so a lot of the criticism was, you know, you're going you're gonna to build this Taj Mahal, uh, you know, this thing for yourselves, you know, your pet project language. And, and so because we have these other needs, uh, you know, mainly streets were the big things, uh, that's where a lot of the criticism came. And it came from a few more focused groups. Uh, I don't think the average uh, citizen in, in town were really that uh, concerned. Uh, they know, you know somewhat what, what we do and how we do it. But there were a few organized uh, folks that were out there in front kind of leading the argument. And uh, we, we, we needed to be responsive and, and address those. Steve, talk a little bit about you came in, and, and your job was kind of to grab hold of those raids and pull them back a bit and slow the, slow the caravan down, to mix metaphors here. How difficult was that? Uh, actually, at that point, it was, it was pretty easy. So um, the, the challenge was there was so much work that had been put into it uh-huh. and so many good thoughts. Uh, so many people, people had poured their heart and soul into getting the building that – um, it, it was hard to pull back for them, but listening to the community and listening to the council members, it was it was pretty evident that we needed to pause it for a while, uh, really slow down and take a deeper dive into it, and address a lot of the needs that uh, a lot of needs being questions and concerns that people had to address those. Mm-hmm. And how did you begin the process? Once you said, okay, we've got public reaction to this, we need to slow it down, we need to take a new look. Talk a little bit about what that process was like, how you put that into place. <clears throat> well, to start, we, we made some personnel changes that I think helped us out quite a bit. We brought Nancy Weiss back, who was the retired assistant city manager. Uh, helped had her really take on the lead and the focus of the project. Uh, Nancy is uh, she's had she has a tremendous amount of experience with government and with change. So uh, that really helped. But for me, it was re- really focusing on what are the core needs of the community and the the wants and desires and you know we're, we're, when you look at it we have a building that was built in 1952 the population of the city of napa was probably 15 to 18,000 at that point uh, so we're spread out over about seven different locations for uh, just our core managerial uh, services that's not including fire stations uh, and some of the other uh, treatment facilities that we have for water but uh, when you really look at that, we spend over $300,000 a year in rent to various buildings just to be able to house our employees. We are Our buildings are not efficient. They don't have technology integrated into them. Um, so so you, your question, how difficult was it? Well, when you're faced with that, it's actually pretty easy mm-hmm. when you know that the city needs to do something to upgrade the facilities. We have a police department. Uh, that's not essential services rated, that suffered some damage in the 2014 earthquake. Uh, If you walk through the building on the second floor, you can feel uh, an offset in the floor in some different spots. So uh, really it's, 
how do we get the public safety needs met? That's also our emergency operations center during disasters. So how do we get that up to the standard that needs to be it needs to be at? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the same time address all the other needs of the city while we look at the streets, the sidewalks, and the rest of the infrastructure that Scott had just talked about. Talk about some of the central questions that were really at the heart of this. One, where it would be located. How big does it need to be? Does it need to include police? I mean, those were some of the key questions. Talk a little bit about how that was kind of divided up in beginning to reassess and, and make new decisions about all of this. So we have the the uh, project plan that, um, or the program that we look at, which really talks about you know, to the number of uh, employees you have, the space they need, and the services that you're going to provide. So that pretty much dictates the amount of floor space that you need uh, to go through. So we looked at that. We also know that we need to park it for employees. And regardless of what happens in the future, at this point, we're still very reliant on a personal car, especially when we have probably a third to 40% of our workforce commutes in from uh, other cities. So how do we uh, park that and uh, just how do we address the needs um, and a lot of the concerns, the one building, two building, whether uh, police and the emergency operations center is included in that building, that's up to debate. Uh, different people have different philosophies on that. Uh, I believe as long as they're uh, located in very close proximity, it all works. I think that we're one organization, we serve one community, and we should be there to uh, support each other in that mission. Mm-hmm. I, I think the pause was partly uh, out of a spirit of cooperation uh, when Steve came on and when two council members came on because I was supportive of the project from the inception. But I think that 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 shows our strength as a council. We are willing to, okay, there there's some valid concerns. Let's 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 reevaluate this, and 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 look at not only the cost but uh, I think a big piece that was a little controversial was the uh, private-public partnership that we were going to enter in with uh-huh. the surplus land with Plenary. They were going to develop what was known as the superblock. I think that became kind of a, 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 an issue to to try to justify. Uh, you know, we looked at it as as increasing uh, uh, revenue uh, to help offset the the cost of the future city hall. Uh, but the public, I don't know that they looked at that the way we did as, you know, a way to help pay for it. It was just looking, now you're getting into the development business, you know, you're going to build competing hotels, what kind of housing is going to go on there. So uh, that was a turning point, too, for the council to kind of reevaluate that that super block development. Mm-hmm. And, and de- when we determine we're getting close, I believe, to narrowing it down to where we're going to do this, what site we're going to use, we've kind of we've narrowed it down to a couple of sites that and one being the current site. Uh, and then I think we'll be able to move for uh, pretty, pretty quickly to the next phase. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve, talk about uh, the sites process and looking at many sites that you looked at that narrowed it down to where it is now. So I, I think before I start talking about sites. I have to say that the interesting part for me or one of the the things that I get to work on, it seems like on a daily basis, is people want to know what the end result is, but at the same time they want me to be at the very beginning and they want to be included in it. And so they will ask for what is the the end result, 
but we're still very early in this process. With that being said, uh, we had the ad hoc group, Mary Luros and, and Scott Sedgley, uh, talked to a lot of people in the community, and they came to the project group with 26 very different locations within the city of Napa that are within the Imola to Lincoln, Soskal to Jefferson Street area that council has identified as the area that they would like to have uh, the structure structures mm-hmm. built into. So the uh, 26 were evaluated. The vast majority of those aren't large enough to put more than one or two buildings at best on. So then we moved it to looking at more of a campus style. Uh, what would work, what wouldn't. There were areas like the, um, well, the current location that we're at, the, yeah. the so-called super block there on First Street. There's also the Safeway site on Clay Street with the, uh, what is the CSB building? That was a secondary uh, campus site. There were the Sullivan lot and the county building uh, area down by Coombs and Third that was uh, looked at. And then there was the area where the old sanitation uh, pump station and Cynodome lot are down on Pearl near Soskal. So we really are, and we're still in the process of looking at all those, but uh, like the Safeway lot, we know that there are environmental issues there that may take years and millions of dollars to work through. And that's in part for the dry cleaners that that used to be there, right? Yeah, that's what has been reported to me is that the dry cleaner there had uh, some issues that leached into the ground Mm. that needs to be cleaned up. So that could delay a project many, many years. And we, we know that every day we wait. Uh, the construction costs go up. Steel, concrete, and labor are going through the roof. The other, uh, talking to the county about their properties, is uh, when I talked to Min over at the county, he said that the Sullivan lot would be one that they would consider selling, but they're not in, they're not ready to move out of or do anything different with the rest of the county buildings over in the, uh, the Third Street, to Third Street, Main, Coombs, and Fifth Street oh. area there. So those ones that went out. So at our last uh, council meeting, the the direction was take a further look at uh, the current site that we're on and also at the Cynodome, what I'll refer to as the Cynodome site right. there. So those are the ones that we're taking a deeper look into. We will be coming back to the public within a few months to really get some more public uh comments and input on what their thoughts are. That's an area that has changed quite a bit as we're doing a lot more uh, public outreach than what we had done in the first place. Talk a little bit about the Sullivan site, which is the county parking lot now, as I guess how most people know it, using just that as a a space. It's it's tight for the parking component. Mm -hmm. And then the the setbacks that would be required from 3rd Street not to obstruct the the historic Presbyterian Church. You know, we wouldn't want to build it right up to the curb line because then when you enter 3rd Street coming in, you've got this massive monolith park there. So uh, I think for for me, and I know the analysis was was looked at, is it, it, it would be a little tight to do a combined campus of city services. Now, if there were more available across Coombs at the current county administration, if they could free up more space there, uh, like Steve had mentioned, uh, that might work, but they are at a minimum five years away from Uh discussing moving any more county services either out to day labs 
or to another site. So I think it was more or less size and then that transition into the, the neighborhoods. A lot of the neighborhoods have concern about more, uh, you know, high intensity use that, you know, we try to transition those uses. So that's what, uh, and then for me it was, we don't own, we don't own the property. And that was a big push for me is, you know, are we, are we trying to do something on, 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 on assets we have or are we gonna go out and buy them? Uh-huh. The uh, another consideration that comes in is, if you build on that lot, you have to you displace two hundred two hundred plus vehicles right. on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. Plus, you have to be able to park about four hundred more. Uh, when we talk about public safety vehicles and yeah, the employee vehicles, so to find a spot in that area where you could park six hundred vehicles would be a challenge. What about, I mean, it's not available yet, but at some point, have anybody looked at the old jail, what will be the old jail site? That was part of the consideration mm-hmm. with all the county facilities, mm-hmm. but they're not in a position at this point to move forward with that, is what I was told by the county. With these two sites now, Scott, with uh, the current location, that super block site, and the Cynodome site, what's the next step in looking at those? What happens next? Well, when we get all the analysis in on, you know, cost, we're looking at cost for both uh, all new construction. We're looking at, at cost of renovating some of what we have. We're looking at the possibility of phasing certain construction. So we're going through that analysis to, to kind of say, well, you know, uh, there's with the Synodome site, there's issues in the, in, in the, the flood plain, you know, that's down there. So th- we have to address those issues. Uh, so hopefully by, I think we were looking at uh, early November, mid-November, to go public with the analysis and, and come down to have council say, okay, based on this analysis, we believe this is going to be the best spot. Uh, and it's not just a super block. We still, we still own and control the current CSV block. Uh-huh. So that could still play into it. That's in that. that Explain where that is. For- that's on the north side of First Street, uh, uh, just east of Bank of America. It's where the building right. division is. And, and, and Steve and I, we sometimes refer to that as the Safeway site <laughs> because it was a Safeway before, before, Safe, Safeway, before right. Safeway moved yeah. over to Clay. Right. It, it was a Safeway store, and mm-hmm. the city refurbished it to, to what it is today. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the current site and if something is done on that, the problems and the costs that are inherent in moving out, finding temporary facilities, and then obviously moving back in. That swing, they call that swing space. So we, right. have, to, we have to swing in a, a number of employees. And the original uh, you know, concept was we would swing everybody. Everybody. Uh, and then we could start the, you know, the private project and the public project at the same time to, to reduce the, the, the months of disruption. But that cost to swing everybody was looking to be money not well spent and and so now i think we're looking at who would be less impacted to swing and at what time and how to maybe phase that so uh it's all a big piece and we don't want to invest too much in swing we were looking at purchasing property there was one one concept of purchasing a building out in the uh industrial park yes out there by dmv Uh you know there was a building for sale and we said well could we buy this move everybody out and then when we're done with it sell it that concept was in there we looked at uh, health and human services on old sonoma road right that could we possibly but then we had uh, uh, you know some analysis done there with our building inspectors and those people went out and looked to see what would need to be done to make it worth swinging to 
and it all turned out to be not a good idea. And, and, and not only uh, swing space, but there's also other additional analysis that's being done. And part of that is is we're, we're going to look at, on the existing property, whether we go with a baseline, we just maintain what we have, or whether we renovate those buildings, whether we renovate and expand, or if we go to a partial replacement, or some new building or buildings, or all new facilities, and how that would all come uh-huh. into play. So my job is to make sure that we have all the information there for council to make an informed decision. And that's, again, that's where we'll be turning to the public and asking for input from them. So, How realistic is that to talk about renovating and adding on to the current building? I think it's very realistic to look at the cost. I mean, we're going we're gonna to look at, you know, the, the, the age of the roofs, the age of the HVACs, all those things, uh-huh. and how much money we would put into it and how many years we would get out of it. And, and we have to look at that. What, what excited me about the original project was a maintenance and an operations agreement with Ponary where the, the builder builds it, say Jeff Sheckman builds it, uh-huh. but now you maintain and operate it for 30 years. And so there's right. a cost involved with that, but what it does, it, it guarantees that quality of work because you as the builder are not going to cut corners because you're responsible to maintain it for 30 years. And I like that idea, but it comes with a cost. Mm-hmm. And so that will be part of the analysis is, okay, if we, if we go up on the police department and out on the police department and we do all this, what's that cost? What are we in it for the long term? Same with, with City Hall, we just, we'd have to go up or do something there. There's just... Mm-hmm. right. Where Steve works in a closet, I work in a. Well, council doesn't have offices. City right. council, we do not have offices. The manager and the mayor have an office, but the four council members, we share an old storage closet for our mailboxes, and there's one desk and one computer that we can we can go in and use. So uh, we need a little more space. We're not build. We're not. We're not looking at a Taj Mahal or any kind of thing. We're looking right. at a functional, efficient, long-lasting workspace. Steve, how does all of this relate to the needs that the police department has? So the the police department has some specific needs and we have worked closely with the management and the police officers association as well as uh, miscellaneous employees who are within the the department there to to find out what their needs are. Uh, We look at that, we know it has to be essential services rated, so which adds a cost to it. Uh, but really trying to to uh, meet their needs, uh, meet future expansion uh, estimates, as well as just provide a good workflow situation for them. Because law enforcement has changed a lot just in the uh, 30-some-odd years that I've been doing government work. Sure there's, a lot, there's a lot different services that are expected from government, whether it's the homeless outreach or dealing with youth diversion programs or, uh, or the, a lot of the registrants that come in uh, after they, they're released from custody. Uh, there's just a lot of needs and mm-hmm. separation as well as providing the service. Uh, so we're, we take all that into account and we're, we're doing the best that we can to design a building that meets their needs. What about the need, the vehicle needs that law enforcement has? That's been uh, something that's been talked about in terms of where to put them all, and is it best to use downtown space for that, et cetera? That's a, a, an area that's been a concern <clears throat> by the police department employees for 
the whole time that they that we have been working on this project, not only for the uniformed officers and for the patrol vehicles, but also for the employees who work in the 911 center who get mm-hmm. off uh, single individuals walking to their car in the dark at 2 a.m., uh, things like that. How do you create a secure environment, secure lot for them uh, without causing the price to go up? We know parking structures cost, um, what is it, about 10 times as much as the surface lot, first if space, not more. They base it on a per space cost. And yeah. it's, it's parking, so parking structures now are an astronomical cost. So uh, is downtown the best place to have it? Well, we park a lot of cars down there for people visiting. So, uh, and that, that based on the uh, geographic area that council has identified to have the, the facility or facilities located, I think that uh, we'll have to come up with a solution for that. And, and every, um, every uh, what's the word I'm looking for, alternative that we look mm-hmm. at has to have a parking right. element to it. One of the things that's been talked about periodically is whether the police department has to be nearby City Hall, whether it could be, you know, transformed from one of the corporate yards right now or something else. So I'm a firm believer, if you look at some of the things that have happened in big cities, that your police department should be fairly close to your, uh, the rest of your government. And the reason why it, staying under that umbrella, being a part of the larger organization, uh, tends to have better outcomes. And, uh, and that's not a knock on the current police chief or police department, uh, but all it takes is a bad situation that a department then doesn't recover from for 10, 20, 30 years. And I, don't, I think that Napa is far too good a place to ever have that happen or to allow that to happen. So. And what? the council's been unanimous on a, mm-hmm. uh, when we, we, we've moved away a little bit from a all one, you know, essential services building to, to a campus. You know, council is unanimous in support of the city manager that we want our our government working in, in, in close proximity. We don't want a police department that's five blocks away, uh, that the city manager uh-huh. can't interface with his police chief, where other administrators in PD aren't, in, they're not communicating with other city employees. Uh, with, with all departments, we want, we want a campus setting. We're, we, we're, we're one organization, we work together to support the community, and, and council is behind that 100% unanimously. And, and I'll throw in there that our, currently our Parks and Rec Department is about a mile away from the right. rest of City Hall. And although we have computers and telephones, that's pretty dysfunctional when you need to get people together to talk about issues and work through them. So it's just, for me, having them close by makes sense for everybody. And, and the officers, I, I would hope, would agree that they should be there to, to help and support the rest of the employees if they have mm-hmm. a, a problem with a customer that comes in for in, service. And parks and recreation, as far as face-to-face uh, with city employees, are one of the, the biggest uh, influx for, for city. The water department, the water payment window, and the clerk's office are second but but more peop, citizens go into parks and rec for services for rec programs for camps and and i believe that they should see the rest of government working together when they come in to sign their kids up for swimming it just should be together if all of this works and brings people club brings different departments closer together does it free up some city property at the moment that could be sold 
Yeah, we're, we're constantly looking at what property we could deem surplus. And if we can, f it, you know, the, the, the current CSB block, the old, old Safeway, that could become surplus. Uh, we don't, we rent the other properties, so uh -huh. it doesn't really free up those. When we have the corporation yard that we constantly look at, are we most efficiently using that project? We've talked about some housing along right. Lincoln on that side. Uh, the bus, Napa Valley Transportation, they're not really the bus, but they, they do right. the line. They're on part of city property currently, and, and when, if they are able to get their new facility done, they're going to be moving out of that. So that'll give us a little more space down at the corporation yard for hopefully uh, a better use and most likely some housing. There's a lot of thoughts, too, on the surplus property downtown of uh, a lot of people talk to me about, you know, what what is the, the best use for the property? And it seems like almost everybody comes up with a mixed use idea mm -hmm. of either business or retail or office space on the first floor and residential above that so that uh, our residents here have an opportunity to live downtown and, and enjoy downtown as well without having to drive into downtown. They're there to begin with. So uh, there, there are opportunities. There's a lot of things that we would look at. And Scott, what is the time frame now on all of this? Well, we hope to have a, a, a site uh, locked in by November. We want council to, to come to a decision, say, here's the site we're going to look at. And then once we have that determined, then the beginning of 2020, we're going to go into size. That's when we're, we're doing, we've done some field trips to some other cities. We went over to West Sac, we've gone to Sacramento, we've gone to looking at some other uh, buildings, space, you know, mm -hmm. workspace. You have a you have a, a, a roomy space here. We hope to do a little more for our, our employees here. So that's what the next phase will be. Okay, now we have a site location. Now exactly what do we need? Every and, and I know Steve's team is working on that now, on on every department, every position. What do you need? And that's the next phase. I would imagine if everything goes smooth, hopefully, and and this is just me speaking that by mid-2020, we might have a go plan, uh -huh. you know, on, on, and, and whether we break ground uh, that year or it moves into the next year, you know. I'm, is Plenary Group still involved? Yes. And what is their involvement at this point? They're on kind of standby. Uh -huh. <laughs> they've been willing, they've been great to work with, and they say we still, even though uh, we, we, we know the project's changing, we're excited about this, we think we can deliver you the a great project so take your pause we'll sit back and when you're ready to come talk to us about what you want we're ready so i, I was real pleased with their willingness to, to 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 hang in there and does there seem to be unanimity still among the council in terms of the way this is all being looked at and approached everybody seems to be on the same page oh yeah we made sure of that after the <laughs> When the new council came out, I made sure of that. I wanted, I asked, looked at every other council member in the room and said, Are, is a, a new city, a new public safety, new city hall project, is it something you want to pursue? You say yes, you say yes, you say yes. So we all five said yes, that we wanted Steve to continue working on it. And so, that, I mean, people can change their mind, but, but right sure. now we're all yeah. still on board. And, and that was done at the March 5th uh, council meeting. Right. Yeah. And they also went through and they reconfirmed the goals yeah. of the project, and everybody agreed that the goals were still the same. And as a matter of fact, they added two, two goals yeah. to it. 
and um, and it's been rolling along. Council's been very supportive of really taking a look at this thing and, and working it forward to see where we get. And finally, Steve, talk a little bit about <clears throat> the bandwidth that this all takes and how it impacts, if it impacts, all the other things that are on your plate and the city's staff's plate. It's a it's a, a staff, and for me, it's a pretty good time commitment to it. Yeah. But the time invested up front is well worth it when it comes down to the finished product or the decision for council. Uh, to go into it with limited information, not give council everything, not fully analyze, not look at do a full facilities condition report, um, that just wouldn't be fair to the community. The, one of the, the goals that council set was to make sure that we could do it in a way that we can afford it. So we want to make sure that we spend the community's money wisely and that the uh, that really we meet the, the needs and the needs into the future as well. And this is something that the city is going to pay for. This isn't a public-private partnership anymore. Has that idea been abandoned or is that still out there? That's the, right, at this point, it's not a public-private partnership. Mm -hmm. We're looking at our needs uh, and building to our needs. But if, if certain land, surplus land came up, then it might be you know something we could explore in the future. But that, that, that component of it has kind of been on the back burner now, because that was, I think, one of the criticisms when we started the project. Uh, but what we can afford, that's, that's an important piece. But as I was driving in today, I was thinking about you know what, what, what local governments build for their communities as, as, a, as a legacy. And I was thinking of the, the, the old historic courthouse. It was built in, it was built in 1879. You know, that beautiful building was built in 1879, and I, I imagine there was controversy then about building this courthouse, right? And then the Hall of Records was added in 1916. You, you look at some of these courthouses in, in these communities, they're just beautiful, architecturally just lasting monuments to what they do. The Marin County Civic Center, sure. look at that. I mean, it, it's lasted since 1960, and it'll last another 100 years. And, and sometimes, to me, I think it's a little disappointing that we're not in a position as a, as a, a society, society now that we, 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 these public buildings that would be beautiful to have in that, but have a beautiful city hall, you know, inviting for our, our, our community and our guests to, you know, and have art and just this, you know, beautiful building that will last 100 years from now. We don't do it anymore. We build these boxes. Uh, you look at what the county did over the years on their block. They just build these these square monolithic blocks. Right. Uh, the the days of building the of Taj Mahal are over. <laughs> yeah, but it's not really a Taj Mahal. It's right. just I think it's a statement of you know what your 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 society, what you do, the importance of these public buildings. Well, I mean the the argument could be made. We're just about out of time, but the argument could be made that with the right leadership that really is prepared to wage a campaign to go out there to the community and make the political case for doing something dramatic. I mean, if there was a famous architect, I mean, you know, yeah. you pick whatever that the scenario you want, that that, that conceivably could be possible in yeah. this community or any community for that matter. Conceivably, yes. But then you run up to reality on streets, uh, police service, fire service, all those other costs. Uh, the reality of it is, you know, our, our, our function here as city government is to provide services. Clean water, provide services, that's what we're here to do. So if we need to do it out of a more modest building, we're going to do it out of a more modest building. Scott Sedgley, Steve <laughs> Potter, thank you both so much for coming in. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. NapaBroadcasting.com. 
Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.